You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Welcome back to The Food Code. It is Monday. Hopefully everyone is thoroughly candied out from all of the Halloween candy. I don't think I'm even going to be exposed to any this year because we're not trick-or-treating. I mean, it's a well, whack time. Yeah, we're recording this the, the Tuesday before Halloween. I have no idea what to expect because we're in a new neighborhood. There's so many kids in our neighborhood. Mm. Carson's only two, and so we might go to like a couple of our neighbor's houses Hopefully we can even get him into the costume because he wasn't a huge fan of it the first time we put him in it. <laughs> and I bought like three or four bags of candy and I feel like I should get more because I just honestly have. And it's a Saturday. Yeah. And so like I feel like we're going to have a lot of trick You know what makes me sad is like downtown Lyle we used to do uh, like I've never done it because Marcus you know has been a baby and not old enough. But my nieces and nephews I know they used to go down to like all the small businesses. Uh-huh. And you would we go- did that last year with Carson. Yeah. He was a lumberjack. Yeah. It was so, my favorite. That's sad. Marcus is being a lobster this year. I love that. Carson's cookie monster. Yeah. That's he adorable. loves cookie monster so much. But would, he doesn't like the costume. So imagine that. I would put him in Elmo, but my husband's just not a fan of Elmo no. at all. I mean. Nick thinks they, Elmo's dumb. Yeah. I think it's a man thing, right? Yeah. Like my, my mother-in-law, I told you she wants to get this doll and Art is absolutely against yes. it. So is Nick. Yeah. Nick's against dolls and anything like yeah. that i know but it's cute because i mean it looks like them as a little person yeah. you know and so they would play with it and they could learn from it and whatever but i just said it's not even worth it so i know you put up that swing in your basement oh my gosh thank god that our basement has exposed beams that mm-hmm. we could put a swing into because it's already so cold in chicago and so now we have a swing in the basement we have his bike in the basement we have his red car in the basement that he likes getting in of so now he's actually like he comes home and he's like, I go basement, I go basement. And he like likes being in the basement Aww. now. So um, it's actually really nice because then I can, honestly, I push him in the swing and I like walk around the basement to try and yeah, get, some, get steps some steps in. Because we just finished so ours. Hard. And so now we're like looking, we're either going to do, so we have a couple options, a ball pit. So mm-hmm. one I looked of, into that one. The balls are the expensive part. Yeah. Well, we were just going to use our blow up pool that we use outside, mm. blow that up. And that could be a ball pit. Um, actually one of our coaches recommended that, but I found this really cool. It's got a swing, but it's got a slide. It's like a mini play mm-hmm. set. That we have that play. in Nick's parents' basement. Yeah. He loves pushing it. So I thought, okay, maybe we can do that. Art is just not into spending $300 on something <laughs> for the basement, especially because he's like, we just cleaned this basement. Now we're going to fill it up again. And I'm like, well, anything to entertain the child. Dude, it is it is important. It's so important. Five minutes feels like 50 minutes. Oh, yeah. Especially with newborns. Eventually, like, thank God Carson's at least two and I can communicate with him. I remember just staring at him when he was like six months old, laying on this little mat that played the same fucking music over and over again. And I, I forever hate that thing now because mm-hmm. I would just there, I would sit there and especially because Nick was traveling a lot and he would be out of town. So the night times felt like forever ever yeah i'm just like what are we gonna do especially too because it's darker earlier so like between the four o'clock and like 6 30 time when nick's not home and i'm by myself with carson and like normally we would just walk to the parks we would go to all the parks and now 
what do you do? What do you do? I try to get them to color. It lasts a total of three minutes. Especially with boys. Boys yeah. just don't have the same attention span as girls. We've actually been playing ball a lot, like passing the ball, throwing mm-hmm. the ball, stuff like that. But I'm trying to get them into like something more like educational. Um, yeah. Definitely not winning. Organize, right now. Sorting things is big for Carson right now. So he likes like taking things in and out of things yeah. and putting them back in. So K-cups in a big bowl. Cor- wine corks all of you know the the great children toys that yeah. i have and, and one of the things that i wanted to do is like create a sensory box mm-hmm. but all that's going to do is create a ginormous mess because the sand yeah. will just be all over the floor so totally anyways happy monday this is just us ranting on the mic because <sighs> man life with toddlers i mean carson's two carson's two and he's almost two and a half he'll be two and a half in february yeah marcus is 16 months so he's yeah but it's just i don't know what the heck we're gonna do all of winter especially because it's not like there's like indoor play places that i was looking forward to super oh cute yeah we used them last year can't mm-hmm. go nope that's like straight germ central 2020 it's it's gonna be a wrap soon like i'm just really hoping and obviously the election is two days away so if you haven't here's your friendly reminder please go and vote <laughs> <laughs> just just go and vote that's all you need to do okay moving uh, on so we get a lot of questions about reverse dieting as you know if you followed beck and i for a while we talk a lot about the metabolism and you know how under eating can mm-hmm. be um detrimental to your goals it can be you know one of the biggest reasons why we don't feel great why yep. we have digestive issues why we're not able to lose weight um and many people in the diet culture will just try to sell you 120 dollars shake or detox or some other poop tea or whatever it is and that's not the answer Mm -hmm. to um the problem and for us we coach on health first so today we want to talk about kind of reverse dieting and then the rules of maintaining weight so i think this is such a common question that we get because women think okay i'm gonna need to you know get my calories up they're scared because it freaks you out right if your goal is to lose weight and then you're being told that you need to reverse diet in Mm -hmm. order to increase hormones into you know optimal health and make sure that we you know bring your metabolism up to where it should be (laughs) because you're adapted right now and so one of the questions that we got this last week that I thought we would just bring on the podcast and kind of talk about it um I'll be transparent if we run out of time we'll do a part two to this because it could be you know a lengthy subject here but she said, I've reversed my calories up to 2000. Like, what do I do now? How do I know that I'm eating at maintenance? How do I approach going into a cut? And here's the thing. Number one, I don't know anything about her. I don't know how old she is. I don't know what she was eating before. Um, all the questions that a coach asks, like if you're going to come into one of our programs, like she didn't give me that information. And I, I didn't necessarily ask for a ton of it yeah. because this isn't a case study that we're doing. But I think it's really important, whoever you are out there that's listening to this, we've talked a lot about utilizing like total daily expenditure Mm -hmm. calculator as kind of an estimate. Yeah, it's a baseline. And like Liz was saying, it depends on so many different things. Mm -hmm. Like it depends how much you weigh. It depends how active you are. It depends how much you're sleeping and what your stress levels are. It depends mainly on what you were eating prior to this, how Mm -hmm. much you were eating, the quality of food, how you felt doing that how much you've been increasing every couple of weeks, how long it took you to get to 2,000 calories, you know, what your ultimate goals are. Have you taken breaks from increasing intake? Because sometimes as you reverse up, a lot of times we will take breaks with our clients, especially if they started at such a low place. Like if you started eating 1,100, 1,200 calories and you've reversed and we're working essentially on reversing you up to an efficient maintenance for you, which may be for some people over 2,000 calories. If you do it a slow way, 
it takes some time and mm-hmm. it can get daunting to eat more and basically take this break from trying to lose weight to get to the place where you can eventually lose weight. And so sometimes we'll do like mini cuts throughout that reverse period where just we'll, see, you know? we'll just give the body a break essentially from eating more mm-hmm. um, and see if it responds to a cut and just give the person a little bit of a break too, mentally, physically. Sometimes it's hard for a lot of these people to eat more because they've been doing it in such a low intake for such a long time that it's just, it's tough. It's tough yeah. sometimes digestively even. And so I think it just depends a lot on like how long it took this person to get there. And then when we get to that place of maintenance, how do we know we're there? Yeah. You know? How do we know we're there? What is our biofeedback? Like there's a lot of questions, you know, that we yep. want to look at. And then you have to take into consideration and many people don't think about this just because you reverse all the way up to, let's say, 2,200, 2,300 calories, you can't sit there for a week and then be like, okay, I'm good. I'm going to go back into a cut. Like if you were at a you know, very low intake or let's just call it a large calorie deficit for a long period of time, your body needs time to heal yep. and adapt back up. And this is one thing that I always say is like the longer that you take to prolong healing, the longer you're going to take to prolong results, right? Because if I'm at 1200 calories and I'm you know going up 100 each week or every two weeks, it's going to take you a real long time to get mm-hmm. up to that maintenance. So maybe you look at taking larger jumps if the person is willing to do that yep. mentally, emotionally, right? And, and it's really important because Reverse dieting needs to be done properly. It needs mm-hmm. to be done in a way that we are considering all of these other factors and we're also listening to the body. And like you said, Becca, like giving them a break. Maybe we don't bump up every single week. Maybe yep. we sit after a week or two and for a couple of weeks. Types of foods too. Like a lot of people that we work with that reverse up start just introducing for lack of better words, just these crap foods. They're like, well, now I can eat more calories. So now I'm going to eat all those things that I've restricted myself for so long. And then our quality of food just takes a turn. We start eating more baked goods. We start eating way more bread. We start eating more dairy, more, you know, processed foods to get those extra calories. Cause they're like, well, I just, I need to eat more. So I'm just eating what works. And then it turns into not being great food quality. And then you don't feel good either. Mm -hmm. And so it's like this double whammy of you're probably gaining weight now eating more because you're taking it from not very high quality food sources. And, you know, you're gaining weight. And then you you say it's because I'm eating more when in reality, it's probably a combination of a few things. And so sometimes, yes, people do gain weight when they reverse diet. Mm -hmm. Sometimes one, you've just been so adapted for so long that the body almost has to gain weight. Mm -hmm. I I think gaining weight sometimes is a product of becoming healthier. And that was my case personally. Like I didn't like it at first. Um, And some days it's still hard to see the scale read heavier than what it did in the past. But at the end of the day, I'm healthier Mm -hmm. and I'm so much happier. It's unbelievable. And so although it's very scary to hear that you may gain weight reverse dieting, it's a reality for some people. For most people, they maintain I would say for most, as long as you do it the right way, right? You're, yep. you're increasing 10, 20%, you know, every couple of weeks you're doing it with the right foods. You're focusing on the right like uh, balance of foods. So keeping protein adequate. If you're somebody who's coming out of like a keto, like then that takes even more um, mm-hmm. strategy because we can't just go from, you know, 50 carbs a day to 150 carbs a day. Like, of course you're going to gain some weight. You're going to see water weight. Right. Um, and so it's important that you do this strategically, but when we do it properly, there are many, many benefits metabolically. Yep. Okay. So first and foremost, your basal metabolic rises. 
Okay. So this is the amount of energy that you burn just at rest. Um, so that results in more calories burned. Right. Yep. And so that's where we really want to make sure. And we say this a lot, like you're eating the most amount of calories with the best metabolism. You're also eating the widest variety of foods for nutrients with the best gut health. And so that's kind of a fine line to balance, right? You got to walk it and understand how your body adapts to certain foods. Yep. And by eating more guys, you're burning more through the digestive process too, Mm -hmm. because your digestion takes energy. And so when you consume more food, there's a thermic effect of food that AKA you burn calories by breaking food down. So even though you're eating more, you're also burning more mm-hmm. by eat, by having to break down and digest and absorb that food. So it's not a total just slam of calories. Your body's working harder and burning more calories to break down that extra food. And then usually you also feel more energetic. You tend to move more mm-hmm. and you tend to work out a lot better than you did before when you were totally depleted. Like when I eat enough, I feel a huge difference in my workouts compared to days that like maybe I was too busy. I didn't get in enough calories. The next day I just feel flat. I feel heavy in the gym. The weights feel heavy. Everything feels off. And it is a direct correlation because I did not fuel my body well enough the day before. So imagine doing that for months, if not years of not fueling your body well enough. And then all of a sudden now you're eating enough. Your workouts are going to skyrocket. And by getting stronger, you're going to be gaining more muscle, which increases more of your basal metabolic rate because muscle burns faster. And with that, you naturally want to move more. You mm-hmm. have more energy. You fidget more. Totally. You're more apt to want to get up from your desk more. You want to go to the bathroom. You want to walk. You want to do all of these things. Maybe you have more energy to go to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, everything in your life kind of just levels up from an energy perspective. And therefore, it all results in more calories burned. So mm-hmm. when we look at reverse dieting, you're eating a little bit more. We do recommend, you know, increasing your need intentionally, but also something that's going to happen subconsciously. Yeah. And, and the beautiful thing here is that digestion, if you're doing this the right way, we can also knock out a lot of digestive issues. A lot of times the people are not going to the bathroom or they're experiencing bloating or gas. It's either one of two things. One, we have some you know, insensitivities or, uh, or sorry, we have sensitivities or intolerances. That was the word I was looking for. Um, just combine the two intolerances to certain foods that we are consuming. Most commonly, this is going to be gluten. It's going to be dairy, soy, sugar, alcohol. For some individuals, it's eggs, it can be nuts, it can be seeds. You know, there's a wide variety depending upon the person and their health history. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is, you're going to start going to the bathroom or you should start going to the bathroom every single day and excreting the waste because your body is not slowing everything down, trying to conserve energy. And therefore your digestive system starts to increase and you start going to the bathroom, you know, easier. And so this is one thing that we focus on in metabolic prehab. It's huge. You got to be pooping every day. Yeah, you have to guys. It is the number one way that we excrete toxins that sweating and then peeing, obviously. So if we aren't pooping every day, there's certain toxins like especially estrogen hormones that do not get removed from the body as they should. And then you run into excess estrogen, which is a whole other problem that causes usually struggling to lose weight and, you know, horrible PMS symptoms and hormonal imbalances, which result in a lot of other negative downfalls um, of our health. And so we need to be going to the bathroom every day. Like our clients, that is the number one thing we focus on if that's the issue. Um, So usually bowel movements, sleeping well most nights, throughout the night, adequate sleep, seven plus hours in bed, ideally 
eight hours in bed so that you can at least be getting like six to seven hours of deep sleep. Um, Because if we are not sleeping well, guys, again, it's kind of like bowel movements. There's a whole trickle effect problem, like blood sugar dysregulation, digestion slows down, metabolism slows down, everything gets impacted by poor sleep. That makes it just harder to lose weight and harder for your body to essentially function how it should. And when we set so many times, we have our clients start eating more, one of the first couple things I'm sleeping through the night again. Yeah. And the biggest thing here is I wake up feeling rested. Yes. So many women that we talk to were either tired and wired. They have trouble falling asleep. You know, maybe they're stressed. They're thinking about all the things to do. Um, and so we start to utilize different tactics to help with that side, but mm-hmm. also to work on their routines to get them to wind down, to kind of decompress and be able to fall asleep so that they can get into a deep state of sleep and stay asleep because we want you to wake up feeling rested. If you are not waking up feeling rested, we've got some issues with our circadian rhythm and that is not a good sign. Carbohydrates before bed and we talk a lot about you know other ways on our circadian rhythm podcast that you can go back and listen to, but carbohydrates before bed can help with some of this. Mm-hmm. And so when we're eating more, naturally we're able to you know push some of these you know nutrients around at different times of the day. All of a sudden the person's waking up, they feel rested. Now they have more energy because they feel rested, right? And so it's this whole trickle effect. Like it's one domino that really impacts a lot of things. But the other thing too, and this is regulated by your sleep as well, um, and not being hangry, is that your mood stabilizes and you learn that you can tolerate different stressful situations better. That's one of the most common things we hear, especially for individuals who are high stress jobs. They're like, I feel like these things aren't throwing me off all the time and I'm not getting, you know, overwhelmed as easily as I was before because their mood is stabilized. Totally. This is a huge one. And I think for me, this is one thing that was not realized until I still totally like reflected on it. I used to be such a bitch. Like I would lash out at Nick all the time. I would, my emotions were like always up and down. It was like a roller coaster every day. If like, you know, I had a good workout, I was in a good mood. Or like if I felt skinny that day, I was like in a good mood. And if I had a bad workout or just, I don't know, Nick looked at me the wrong way, like it would be a horrible mood the rest of the night. And when you're eating adequate intake and when you're giving your body the fuel that it necessarily needs, you find you're just happier, guys. Like you're not constantly focused on the negative. You're not constantly in this anxiety mode of like, what do I need to get done? You just end up enjoying life more, which I think is what everyone ultimately wants. Um, I know that we correlate like losing weight with being happier, but I think at the end of the day, our mood is the biggest thing that, you know, just makes us happy or not. So Mm -hmm. increasing, you know, positive movement towards regulated blood sugar is huge in this and that's getting enough food in and eating regularly throughout the day and another thing is like this is going to provide you the energy for the workouts because so many people want that body they want to look a certain way but they don't realize that it takes building that body Mm -hmm. to get to that place and to build that body you have to one eat enough food for your body to actually maintain and build muscle and two you have to lift heavy guys you got to lift heavy you got to because we're not going to be building muscle with 10 pound dumbbells And you won't have the ability to get stronger if you're not eating enough, right? Like, and you won't be recovering as well. We don't fully recover from our workout or we don't fully benefit. I always mess that up. We don't (laughs) fully benefit from our workout until we recover. And this is the part where most people think that the answer or the solution is just doing more cardio, more high intensity interval training, right? I got to go to the gym for three hours a day and I got to do more, more, more or eat less at the same time. And this is only a recipe for disaster as I talked about 
you know, many, many times on the podcast. So if your goal is to get stronger, you want that lean tone physique, you got to build your body first. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we want to maintain that strength. We want to get stronger because that is what is going to give us the look that we want when we are able to cut, when we are able to lean out and basically decrease body fat, but maintain that muscle. So to reverse diet, we typically recommend starting with around a 10 to 15% increase of calories based off of where you are right now. And how do we determine that? We usually say to take track your food for at least a week, mm-hmm. find an average, okay? If you're currently eating, let's just make it really simple on me for math purposes. If you're currently eating 1,000 calories a day, an increase of 10% would be adding 100 calories. Mm-hmm. And then the next week, now you get 1,100 calories, you increase by 10% again, you're adding 110 calories. And then you keep increasing by that bottom line percentage-wise until you, one, have noticed all of this biofeedback start to improve. Two, maybe you start gaining a little bit of weight. Then you've reached your true maintenance because you guys, maintenance is a tough thing. A lot of people are like, well, I'm maintaining my weight, but I'm eating 1,600 calories. Well, you could be maintaining your weight eating 2,400 calories. Exactly. That's the thing. What are you doing living optimally, meaning your body is functioning as well as it can be. Not like, I'm still kind of tired. I'm still not really sleeping through the night. No, we're definitely not at maintenance right now because if you were truly at a good maintenance, your biofeedback would be showing that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to stay there for a while for your biofeedback to really bounce back. Like Liz was saying, we can't just like get up to maintenance be like, okay, now I can cut again. No, you need to just like you adapted at a thousand calories. You need to now readapt at that other place. And guess what? The longer you spent at that super low calorie intake, the longer you're going to have to spend in maintenance to really bounce things back to where they should be. And so the maintenance is kind of, I usually say, this is the amount of calories that you can, the most amount of calories that you can eat, feeling your best, maintaining your weight, not gaining weight, and all your biofeedback is optimal. Mm-hmm. The workouts are strong because you can still yep. change body composition while eating at maintenance. Yep. That's totally possible. Totally. As long as sleep is in line, mm-hmm. stress is in line, right? Yep. This is where we see, you know, women who have struggled with libido and sex drive that starts to come back. Like mm-hmm. it does take time for these hormones to shift and that adaptation to occur. Yep. Same thing. If you've lost all your hunger hormones, it's not going to turn on just because you said, I'm going to start eating more. Sometimes it takes two, three, four weeks before you wake up one day and you realize like, oh, dang, I'm hungry, you know, this yeah. morning. And and that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful sign and symptom of reverse dieting working the way that it should, is you should have those hunger hormones turned on. Mm-hmm. You should have better mood. You should have libido again. You should have good energy for your workouts. You should be able to tolerate most foods mm-hmm. because a lot of times when we under-consume for such a long period of time, we actually create intolerances to mm-hmm. foods because we don't eat them. We don't, you know, our body's not able to digest and break down bigger meals. So you should get to a place where now you are able to, you know, tolerate things and not have big weight swings either. That's another beautiful thing about maintenance is like you can have a quote unquote off weekend where maybe you go out to eat a little bit more or you go on a vacation and then you don't see the five to seven pound swing up because your body's actually able to tolerate this amount of food. You're able to, it's not a shock to the system because it's used to taking in a lot of calories. And guess what else tends to happen at this maintenance place? You don't have crazy cravings because you're actually eating enough and you can fit in foods and you can enjoy things that you love because a cookie isn't going to kill your 1200 calorie diet. It's an amazing thing, guys, to be able to maintain and feel really good and include foods that you love and just kind of thrive. And unfortunately, this is the one thing that I caveat this with. Unfortunately, for many of you out there, maintaining 
might not be at your goal weight. Because a lot of times we'll diet down to a really low weight, but it's not maintainable. Could you maintain there? Sure. You'll probably also deteriorate your health along the way. And eventually your body's going to get stuck and you're going to have to reverse. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is something that is probably the hardest part for some people is understanding that you might gain a couple pounds maintaining, but those couple of pounds may also mean you're a lot happier and you feel a lot better. Yeah. Sometimes it's necessary. I mean, the body knows what it needs. And so again, if you're doing this with high quality food intake, then you're able to, okay, so let's say you're five pounds above what you think is this air quote goal weight, Mm -hmm. right? Or whatever the BMI scale said that you should be at. Um, But you're five pounds above that, but you're eating a thousand calories more. You are going to the gym and you're lifting stronger. Your body continues to change. Why do you care so much about what that number on the scale says if you're feeling fantastic? For for most people, honestly, when the body needs to gain weight, it's going to do it whether you're eating 1200 calories or not, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's going to store fat if it needs to. Totally. Um, and so that's where it's like, okay, let's just give in to the health factor here and appreciate that if I'm five pounds heavier, I have all this beautiful, you know, optimized biofeedback. I'm performing well in the gym. I feel great in my clothes. Great. Yeah. Five pounds up. Yeah. You're enjoying life. You're not taking these huge swings, 1200 calories mm-hmm. Monday through, you know, Friday and then 2000 plus on the weekends. And then that's where you start to see the you know, poor relationship with food, massive scale swings, things like that. And we want to prevent those things and we want you to feel good. You shouldn't have to, you know, be looking for a new diet every Monday or looking for a detox or whatever it is to get that last five or 10 pounds off. Sometimes it takes a step back and just recognizing the progress that you have made. If you are, you know, kind of on the brink of arriving to the finish line where you want to be. Yep. Sometimes that finish line is a little bit closer um, than, you know, you think. But if you're somebody who has been, you know, living in this low calorie diet place for a really long time and you think that answer is to continue to cut, we're here to tell you, like, listen to us. We've been through it ourselves. We've helped many women get out of this place and lose weight at eating 18, 1900 mm-hmm. calories, right? Um, and so once you get there and you've stayed at this kind of maintenance place, this is a very generalized recommendation to kind of answer the last part of this question that we got. Very generalized recommendation is 15 to 25% cut for a calorie cut. Yep. Um, again, it's going to depend upon season of life that you're in, the stress, mm-hmm. the amount of sleep that you're doing, the style of training you're doing, yep. the amount of training that you're doing. Uh, you're neat. Mm-hmm. How like, much you're walking. It, it's you guys. That's why we're so calculated with our cuts with our clients, because we do not want to waste their time or our time. Like I don't want someone to go into a calorie deficit and have high hopes because we're finally cutting calories, but it's also a super high stress time for them and they're not sleeping as much as they should be. And they're starving and they're craving and it's so hard for them and they don't see great results because it wasn't a good time to cut. Because it was super stressful for them. And yep. so like, this is why we are so specific with when we do cuts with our clients, because we want it to be effective for them. We want it to be something that like your hard work pays off versus trying to just push them uphill when they're trying so hard and their body's not going to respond no matter what they do. And so when you do decide to go into that cut, make sure all of your biofeedback's in a positive place. Because if you're lagging anywhere, if you're still constipated, if you're still having bloating or gut issues, if you're still not sleeping super great the cut's likely not going to be very effective. Mm -hmm. And then you're just going to be left frustrated again. 
or just in the effort mode and then you face plant into mm-hmm. the bottle of wine and the whole pizza and, and all those things that we see even from a 1200 calorie restrictive yeah. diet um, because sometimes those behaviors do pop up and come back and and that's why it's important to understand like the pivots that we do and the adjustments mm-hmm. that we make you know if you started a challenge with a coworker at work and now all of a sudden you're walking 5,000 more steps a day than you were that matters if you're you know programming at your gym changed that matters if you no longer do the style of training that you were doing before because covid that matters like all these things matter as well as if you have a menstrual cycle like Mm -hmm. those things that you know we plan around but you know the the thing that we hear a lot from people is like well how long can i cut and the answer is it depends yeah it It really depends on it always depends because there's no black or white to nutrition guys a lot of people are like well calorie deficit well, yeah, but unfortunately, there's a lot of other playing parts in that. Like, yes, you have to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. But unfortunately, for some people, that calorie deficit is way lower than is actually healthy and realistic right mm-hmm. now because you've adapted. And so, no, it's not just calorie deficit. Now it's like you're impacting hormones negatively. You're impacting thyroid negatively. You're impacting all kinds of stuff. And then you feel awful and you haven't lost any weight. Like, So it's beyond just calories in, calories out, no matter how much we want to think that. Like, I just need to work out more. I just need to eat less. Well, how's that working out for you? It doesn't seem very great, right? Or else you wouldn't be stuck right now. And so we have to be calculated with this. And if you, here's my, what I always say, if what you were doing was working, you wouldn't be in a situation where you're asking these questions. Mm -hmm. If you have been doing something consistently for the past three plus months, you likely need to stop doing that and do something else. And it's probably not eat less and work out more. It's probably eat more and let your body heal for a little bit. Yeah. And trust the process. That's the biggest piece here, right? Is you got to lean into it. You got to trust the process. It's scary, but what's your other alternative? You just keep walking backwards, getting yourself deeper and deeper into this hole that you're going to eventually have to crawl yourself out of. And so I always tell people like, what you're doing isn't working. There is no other alternative. Yeah, there might be a quick fix that helps you lose a pound or two, but then you're going to be stuck again. Mm -hmm. So why not just fix it for good and get yourself to a place where you finally feel better, you're healthier, and your body actually responds to a healthy calorie deficit, not something that's going to further deteriorate your health. And so you have to be honest with yourself, guys. I know it's not a process that anyone wants to go through. No one wants to stop what feels like stopping your goals and working towards your goals to eat more, but it is part of working towards your goals. It's a necessary part that most people have to take essentially because we have dug ourselves into such a deep calorie deficit. Yeah. And honestly, for a lot of you, it's going to be harder to eat more Oh yeah, than what you've been doing with cutting, cutting, cutting um, because it's a mental battle. It's an mm-hmm. emotional battle, right? It, there's a big part of this that needs to be worked through on the mindset component, um, which is why we include that in metabolic prehab. It's it's huge. So um, anyways, those are kind of some very generalized, you know, recommendations and um, answers because as we mentioned many times in this podcast, it's going to depend upon the person Mm -hmm. and, you know, where you're at in your phase of life and how long you've been there and what your, you know, calorie deficit has looked like. Um, So we'll come back with a part two on the rules of maintaining because we have to get going. Uh, We're out of time for today, but uh, stay tuned and we'll talk about the rules of maintaining weight in the next episode. Have a great day. Thank you for spending your time with us. We are honored to be able to help educate you and improve your life. If you've enjoyed this, please take a screenshot 
share it on Instagram and tag us at lsn.coach and leave us a five-star reading and review on iTunes as this helps us grow and reach others. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email and we will talk to you soon. Have a great day. Bye.